The following is based on Luke 11, 14 to 28. Driving out demons. There is so much comfort to be found in the life of our Lord. What he endured during his earthly ministry, it enlightens us as to how things are going to go for us. We look to Jesus. We look to his life and we gain clarity. We begin to understand why we who belong to him are treated the way we are. We see that there is indeed a contest underway. There's a conflict. A strong man is fighting to enslave us, but a stronger man has and continues to attack him, overcome him, and take away his armor, divide his spoil. The strong man is Satan. The stronger man is Jesus. And Jesus says, whoever is not with me is against me, and whoever does not gather with me scatters. Luke eleven twenty three. As he says in Matthew 18, 20 as well, where two or three are gathered in my name, there am I among them. And again, in Matthew 28, 18 to 20, we read, and Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. This is why the first Christians gathered together, devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. Acts 2.42 This is why for 2,000 years, Christians have followed suit, doing what the apostles did as we do in the divine service every single week, as we come into the presence of our Lord, trusting his promise. John 20, 21 to 23 speaks to this as well. Jesus said to them again, peace be with you. As the father has sent me, even so I am sending you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any they are forgiven them. If you withhold forgiveness from any, it is withheld. Jesus has given us his word wherein he promises to be with us when we're gathered with him, doing what he has told us to do, continuing his fight against Satan. That's why we come to church. It's what the Lord says we as his people do. And it's for this reason that we refuse to affirm wayward Christians and unbelievers when they hate on attending church. Enthusiasm is a non-biblical view that holds that God comes to people apart from his established means. In thu, in theo, God in. When someone is described as enthusiastic, we tend to think it means they're full of energy, they're hyper, they're, they're excited. And that description is a secularized derivative of the false belief that God enters people apart from his word and sacraments, apart from 
the very system he himself established and promised to use to give people his spirit. And the Bible clearly teaches that God comes to us through means, his means. It's no coincidence that evil has become mainstream in a country where Christians are encouraged to live as the scattered and fail to gather with Jesus where Jesus promised to be. The devil dominates in our churchless society. For where the people do not gather to hear and to keep God's word, well, then the blessing of such things is not received. And we, as faithful Christians, we denounce that demonic lie of enthusiasm, which destroys certainty in Jesus' word. And it's why we never speak in a derogatory or careless way about God's word and the holy sacraments, about baptism and communion. These are the revealed means by which God gives us his grace. Sure. The preached word is just an ordinary word. And the people who preach it, like yours truly, are just ordinary people. But when it faithfully emanates from Christ's command to preach it, then it possesses the kind of power, yes, the kind of power that can make even the devil flee. When we dismiss the gifts that Jesus ordained for the church, gathering in his name, we're acting like those who throw Jesus' exorcisms onto Beelzebul's dung heap. And this is the, the long and short of the biblical epithet for Satan. Beelzebul, Beelzebub, Lord of flies, Lord of manure, dung. Yeah. Those people rejected the finger of God when it was right in front of them. Even Pharaoh's magicians. Even they could recognize the finger of God when he operated in front of them. And this is our lesson for today. This is what we want to take away from the gospel reading today. May we learn to guard against being hard-hearted, having hard hearts. Because the temptation is there. The opportunity for a hardening of our hearts is real because we spend every day facing off against the devil. May we always have thankful hearts that give praise to God, ever learning to esteem his preached word and the holy sacraments for what they are, our greatest treasures. So we don't even inadvertently act like those who said of our Lord, he cast out demons by Beelzebul the prince of demons. We don't even want to do that by accident. We don't want to not see what's right in front of us. You ever wonder how people could see Jesus cast out demons and not give praise to God, but instead to actually blaspheme him and the Holy Spirit by saying that Jesus is operating by the power of the devil, not the power of the Holy Spirit. You ever wonder that? Well, just look at how people react to hearing a pastor forgive them of their sins in the name of Jesus, or how they 
they dismiss the power of baptism to save or even reject that Christ's body and blood are truly present in, with, and under the bread and wine in the Lord's Supper. See, all of this is revealed in the Bible. And I can speak from firsthand knowledge because when I first saw these amazing things happening, I kicked against them. In my ignorance, I I rejected them out of hand at first, just like the blasphemers in Luke 11. I was one of them. God's finger was operating right in front of me, and I dismissed it. Why do we do that? Because of our sin. Because of the world, that is to say, because of the, the sin of our neighbors, of those others around us, which influence our view. And because of Satan, the strong man. He doesn't want us to acknowledge that when God is working right in front of us, he's blessing us. He doesn't want us to receive those blessings. He prefers we think that God comes to us, you know, enthusiastically, apart from his word and sacraments. Why would he want this? Well, (laughs) common sense, because those are the very tools Jesus gives us to cast out Satan and his demonic horde. He doesn't want us to know that our Lord's work of driving out demons never ceases, but will continue in the Christian world until the last day, wherever Christ's kingdom is, his wondrous devil-defeating work continues, just as Luke preserved it for us to read today in our gospel reading. For this task of driving out demons, Christ left us particular, that is, designated tools. We don't have to wonder, we don't have to guess. He gave us holy baptism. He gave us holy communion. He gave us the word preached. He gave us absolution and all the things that belong to the ministry of preaching. He gave us the apostolic doctrine, the apostolic ministry. He established word and sacrament ministry for us to destroy the devil's kingdom, to set his captives free, and to cast his demons out of people. Verbum meum non redibit vacuum. That's Isaiah 55, 11 in Latin because, well, it sounds cool. God's word shall not return to him void is what it says. The Holy Spirit accompanies God's word to enlighten, inflame faith, cleanse from sin, and free people from Satan's power and rule. So what that the world doesn't take note of the effectiveness of our weapons. It doesn't mean anything. The world didn't notice when Christ exercised demons right in front of them, personally, in the flesh. Why would we expect the world to notice when we do the same in his name? Or to even notice that it's happening? Every baptism, dear saint, every baptism is an exorcism. Every sermon drives away the devil. Every time you receive Christ's body and blood, the Holy Spirit keeps unclean spirits from returning to you with seven more in tow. The world is not worthy of seeing the smallest hint of God's wondrous signs and works. For it dishonors, reviles, and slanders the Lord Christ as we see it has always done. Satan hates that Jesus promised to give us 
his grace through specific means. The word and sacraments do great damage to the dung Lord. And for this reason, he persecutes us. Christ's casting out of demons, it went on continuously until Satan turned the world against Jesus and finally hung him on the cross. Satan will do the same thing to the Christian church until the last day. We punish Satan because of his lies and wickedness, casting him out with every single baptism, absolution, sermon, prayer, and supper. Ourselves, the mouthpiece of the Holy Spirit, being used to rescue us and others from demonic lies and ungodly ways as we guard the doctrine that we know and we, we preach it, we teach it to others. And we do this unceasingly until the devil is able to strangle many of us, true, drive out many of us from the land. We'll continue to do it until the strong man claims a battle victory. He'll, he'll get one chalked up on the board, claim his W, but in turn, the stronger man has given us a part in driving Satan, not only from heaven, but from earth on judgment day. And so in his W, in his battle victory, we claim the war. We claim the final ultimate W. This is what I mean when I say that there is great comfort in looking at our Lord's life recorded for us in the scriptures. We see that we're gathered together, not to be scattered. We're gathered together with him, not captured by the strong man, but rescued by the stronger man and filled with his Holy Spirit. Blessed by the hearing of the word of God, which we keep in Christ. In closing, consider this, my friends. Our God has chosen to set his almighty power in a very lowly and fragile instrument. It's true that against Satan, humans are, as Luther described, nothing but straw. And as straw, were Satan able to unleash his power against us, he would burn us up in a flash. So what did God do? God is so awesome. He beat him to the punch. To prevent the arsonist from burning down the forest, God ignites a little preventative flame. This little flame is God's word, and he puts it into the straw's mouth. Our mouths, your mouth. Why? Because his word is a heavenly fire which scorches Satan wherever it goes. So Satan doesn't know where to run. <laughs> That's the reality of the Trevor treasure we've received right here in church today. Where we're gathered week in, week out, every single time we celebrate the Lord's Supper and hear the Lord's word preached on the Lord's day, according to the Lord's word. Without a doubt, there is no mightier power than that of God's word, which empowers the poor straw, us, with such potency.
that we can drive Satan away and free from sin and death all those who believe that Jesus was crucified and resurrected on their behalf, which in turn brings them righteousness and everlasting life and gives them that same fire we've been given, that same heavenly word of God. So yeah, there is so much comfort to be found in the life of our Lord. What he endured during his earthly ministry, it enlightens us as how things are to go. You know how things are going to go? We're going to keep casting out demons. He's going to use us to do that. His church to continue that blessed activity that Christ started, that Christ did in the flesh. We are going to continue to fight the good fight of faith that he wages because it's his fight. And we're going to take the punches. We're going to receive some blows. And we're going to continue to win the war. Thanks be to God. You belong to Christ. Amen.